Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John. How you doing, John? Hello, Tyler. Guys, this week we're going to cover how to hire killer staff, trainers, and coaches for your gym that are going to help take your business to the next level, represent your brand to your clients and community at large, and they're going to deliver a top-notch service. In short, you can't. You're going to have to develop them, hold them accountable to your expectations. But today we're going to show you how to do just that, how to take the people that you're going to hire from out on the street and going to turn them into super valuable assets for your business, for your clients, your community, and more. So... Before we get started, make sure you go to the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. That link is in our description. If you want in on the Gear Academy, our ongoing business coaching product, that is at gymownersrevolution.com. So follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. and Stone. You can follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. And John, how can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl. Hiring coaches, I would say, is... It's a hurdle that a lot of gyms very rarely clear in a way where they're where it's meaningful. Very often it's this hodgepodge of part-timers, which I'm not too super against, right? Yeah. But still, when you have a bunch of people covering a couple classes or doing some personal training in and out of your business, the problem is they're never really fully invested in your business or your processes at all. And that becomes a bit of an issue. That's 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 one of the biggest things I find is is if you're a gym owner and you just have a few part-time staff that are kind of helping you out. Great. I'm all about it. So you got personal trainers working that are working mostly on sales commission. All that stuff is, I, I'm into it, but you can't just let that still be the only job that they have is to show up for a couple hours a week. If that is the case, still, how are you making sure that they're good? Mm-hmm. How are you making sure that they're getting better? How are we making sure at the very least that they're not doing worse? Like what, what driving down the road there's a lot of things going on. There's distractions. There's what's in your mind. There's what's in the road. There's what you're, where you're trying to go. There's other cars. There's all this stuff. Driving down the road without a freaking speedometer is super risky. You, that's this one piece of data you just need to kind of know. How fast am I going? What the hell is going on? And I see very often when it comes to coaches is they have, we have no data. No, there's no nothing that you're, that you're checking in on to go, how is this going? You may hear from their favorite client once every couple of months, like, oh, I like them. Or even worse, you might hear from their least favorite client every day that you don't like them. <laughs> but but what is really going on? Are they delivering results? Are they, do they have, can they grow into more for your business? Are they not? Like, This is what we're going to get into today. Well, I was going to say, using the speedometer example too, I, th- I think there's actually a lot of gym owners that you have the tools or the means to be able to see all these things, but it's almost like you've taken a bunch of like black uh, electrical tape and you've covered yeah. your dashboard. Like you've covered the speedometer and you're just not looking at it because there's some fundamental things of like, how do you establish, how do you know if your coaches are doing the right thing? How do you, how are you holding them accountable? And I think if you are starting to think about this and hearing this, it's if you have been having a nagging feeling in the back of your head where it's like, am I getting the right amount of value for the staff and the coaches that I have in my gym right now? Or am I meeting with them enough? Like, do I really know what's happening when I'm not there? Yeah. So let's go to the meetings first. This is very common, especially if you have the hodgepodge of part-timers. Are you meeting with them every week? If you got someone covering your evening classes two nights a week, not doing any personal training, you're not, you're probably not meeting with them at all, right? Yeah. Very unlikely. Because frankly, that's going to put a 50% increase in the amount of time you got to pay for for them. You know, someone's only covering a couple hours a week, but it still is important. I don't know. I don't know exactly how best to do this or where the line is, right? I don't know, but I do know that anything that you're not checking in on is very likely to regress. That's the biggest thing is coaches, fitnessers. It's it's just, it's very common that if we don't have, if there's not a push in every business I've been a part of, you have to be actively pushing at a thing in one direction. Everything that you don't apply pressure to that point in your business will soften. Always will. It'll start to spill out the sides there. And that is one of the big important things about meeting weekly, twice a week, whatever it is, having some sort of check-in where it goes, the expectations are this, here is the data that says this, and here's the gap between what you're doing and what I'm getting, right? That's, that's, they don't all need to be 
shitty meetings. They don't know. They should also, I'm okay with them being about the, the businesses at large too, because we looked at the, you know, I've been in businesses where we look over every single metric for the company as a company nearly every week for about 90 minutes at the beginning of each week. That's what we would do. Here was last week. What did we do last week? What did you do last week? That number's right. up there. What did you do last week? And by the way, the numbers aren't everything. It may be, oh, I had you in this other project. It's a money sink all or whatever. But like it's there. It's known. And everybody, sit, it, it all sits there. Yeah. And it's really important to check in on this stuff because then what you have is the business has its actual goals and the business's goals aren't hidden from the goddamn company. From the from the from the rest of the employees. If your right. goal as a business owner is to get an extra six thousand in sales a month going here this next quarter, great. What can your staff do to help? One, are they doing anything to help? Have they been equipped to help you? Do they know that that's a goal? Do they know that that's what they're working towards, or are they just going to do whatever they do, and you're going to keep them in the dark, and then just hope? that things work out for you, that you're, you're just going to fucking white knuckle it as the owner and just make six grand happen. Great. But what's the point of having a fucking team if you don't get to work together on these projects? Like they need, everybody needs to be on the same page because your coaches will eventually, your staff in a gym is eventually just going to revert to gym rat habits. They're just going to be chilling, chilling with a shaker bottle and kick their shoes off and they're going to work out on the clock and they're going to hit on people. They're going to hit on the clients and that's what they're going to do. It will all fall back to that. Yeah, I think what's important too is if you're not, as a gym owner, if you're not taking a look at those things and and checking in, it's it's absolutely guaranteed to you're gonna miss that connection. So as a For gym sure. owner, it's like if you if if you're not, I guess as I'm gathering my thought, it's that it's it really comes down to if people don't know why you want them to do a thing, they won't do a thing. And then worst case scenario is that they're actually like negative towards it. Mm -hmm. And that's super detrimental. And so if you find as a gym owner that you're paying coaches to do a task or you think that they should be doing a thing and you end up just having to do it, it's like you're double paying. Yeah. You're paying somebody to do the work. Fired. I mean, keep the money. Oh, fuck it. Save the time <laughs> and the money because you're already having to do it and it's more time expecting it's always worse when you expect someone to do something they don't and instead of it's like it's like being a parent of a small child it's like well i need the child to make its bed or i need it to be able to do a certain number of things that will help make the family's life easier everyone's going to kind of like carry their load and the reality is, is if that child doesn't it's like fuck well i'll just i'll just do it for them because they're not going to do it and I'll just do it for them. And the problem is, is that it ends up being so much more detrimental. You would rather have that thing that you're having your kid do suck. Yeah. 50% bad, 60% so, as, as you continue to perfect it, because this is always for, for, for farm families out here. It's well, no, my four-year-old does this, this, and this. And I can't tell you how many people are like, bullshit your four-year-old does. My four-year-old just like fucking puts his hand up his ass and yeah, does nothing. Like your kid's a fucking idiot and your kid's never been asked to do anything. And your kid's never did something and did it poorly. And now instead of me just yelling at him or doing it myself, we go through and we start to make corrections. That's a that that point by the way is i don't want to get into this like your staff is like dealing with fucking children but it absolutely is like dealing with children mm -hmm. listen there are people who are management and there are people who need managing okay in your business you if you think this is the biggest fucking issue that i see gym owners run into when they have staff especially when they're starting when they're growing a small staff you have two three four or five people in and around there and what happens the gym owner thinks that every member of their staff, their coach, their, that they're all aces and that they're all management. Like, no, no, he manages. The, he, no, most of them don't manage shit. And you're just doing that because you're hoping that they're going to take care of these other responsibilities that truthfully are yours right now until you have the right people in place. Are they managers or are they needing to be managed? If they are managers, what are they managing? The fact is nothing. If there's no people, staff below them, they need to be managed fully. fully. And like it's, it's everything from how much let, let's, let's run into this a little bit, right? So you need to meet regularly. What are your expectations for them? Right? What is, what is your expectations from a, let's say a personal trainer who maybe let's just 
let's just say has does personal training is starting has a couple of personal training clients maybe you gave them one maybe one of them they brought on their own right um and then let's say they coach a couple group cl- group classes a week and they're hoping to parlay this into a full-time career maybe even give them a couple hours of just kind of like staffed like desk time right where it's like i'll have you here greet people so you know just just be around whatever right training but time I, before we go i think it's you've glossed over like a point where it's understand that you've already given one of the things of an expectation of a personal trainer you have to establish, is this a personal trainer that is on your staff wearing your short, your shirt and your apparel and it says coach on the back or trainer on the back, however, you, or staff on the back? Or are they a gun for hire that you've brought in, mm-hmm. right? And you're paying, you have a different relationship. If they are on staff, your personal trainer should be coaching fucking group classes. For sure. At least for a couple sure. because it's it's a guaranteed lead machine for the personal trainer and for you as a gym to be able to sell personal training product and service. So that's, that needs to be step one for certain is that if your personal trainers are too big time to be on the floor once or twice or a handful of times a week, then you're fucking up. You're, you're, you're making it very hard to be able to then sell those people to your general population of, of members. Yeah. Which at that point, by the way, they'll just get what they get. This is at least then you're not outpaying them, right? And that's but that's the stretch where I was. You got you got people on salary. This is nothing worse. You got people on salary. You got people putting in desk time, like just gym time, their front desk time. Boy, you had better be tracking one every hour, every minute. They need to be accountable for literally the tasks that they're doing within that time. And there better be some outcomes that are beneficial to your business that you are actively tracking, checking in with them on every week and correcting as you go so that this things can start to glide into some sort of optimized fucking to op, towards an optimized direction and a direction towards an optimized situation. And let's just talk sales in general, right? The way I like to set it up is I think as a gym owner, I think the gym owner, yes, you'll have your sales systems that will market for the person, right? You'll always going to be, if I'm a gym and we say we have 24 hours, say we have some group classes and we have three or four personal trainers, part-timers, if you will, or whatever, right? I'm going to want them to be doing money, doing business. I'm, I'm going to try to sell my clients like as out of my gym towards these personal trainers. Absolutely. I want to get them leads. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to generate via my email, via my social media. When I get new clients in, are they looking for personal training, group fitness, or just, uh, you know, 24 hour access? Right. That's right. What are, what are you looking for? And if they say, I want, I'm looking for personal training or I want a combination of both, or I'd like to speak to personal training, then I'm going to kind of use my judgment to identify who I'm going to hand it off to. That may simply be based on calendar availability. You can do that. I still think some of the best ways that I've seen is for the, uh, you know, the gym owner to kind of really know, have everybody, all the, everyone on your staff's time blocked off and to really know when they're available to coach. Because sometimes if you've got part-timers, it's only evening. This client sure. comes in, only train in the morning, that person's off the list. But that narrows it down. Then you can just match by personality goals or coaching type with whatever to get it narrowed down. But then you hand that lead off to the coach, obviously. And I want that coach closing, selling, in coaching that lead. That's that's exactly how it needs to go as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they need to do that because that's how they're actually going to, the relationship is founded on the commitment and the choices that the client makes in the beginning. Yeah. So if you have a coach who can't behave professionally, who can't just show up and, you know, who just wants to show up and go, all right, let's go. I'll be high energy and smiley. We're going to have fun. That's all great. But like, I need him to retain these clients. I need him to, if the, if they, especially you guys, coaches are always, always going to think that they're more professional and better than they are. Usually short of maybe their first couple of years, every one of them thinks they're about two years more advanced than they really are. So make <laughs> sure that as you get going, they're like, that, that's why I think the foundation of having them selling this starts out with no, no, no. You wanted these these results. You wanted these extra services. I'm going to be the one fulfilling on these services with you as the coach, which means then I am accountable to the client for their results. This is why this is why you don't just sell sessions. This is why we don't just do it. All needs to be done in the with the end in mind, and the end result in mind is whatever their goal is. If it's weight loss, if it's a summer body, if it's if it's I just got to fit into the dress for the wedding. If it's, I want, I have power lifting, whatever that is, whatever their outcome is, no, 
that now the coach is married to that outcome, yeah. not just the person, but the coach and then the business. Because as you're then meeting with staff, that matters. That is efficacy. Are your coaches effective? Mm -hmm. Are they effective at coaching? And effective is a lot of things, right? Um, if, I if I get a bunch of complaints about a coach and I come in and I got to have a meeting with all the staff, maybe I pull this coach aside and it says, hey, listen, so-and-so complained about this. So-and-so said this. Like We have issues. They need to be corrected. The amount of times I see gym owners hear a little bit of gripe and just grin and bear it, like it's, it's really, really, really rough. So that just the accountability to the client's results in sales, that, that's a concept, that's like a general expectation that I'm giving you. The specifics from within the actual, your weekly meetings, when you're meeting with them needs to go. What clients are you working with, right? If you're working with four clients, three days a week, that's 12 hours of floor time. Perfect. So let's take a look. How are they? Literally, it can be a check-in on that. How are they doing? How is, I would do this all the time. How is this project company going? How is this site working? How is this going? Where are we at with this thing? Is this almost done? Is it, are we 80% of the way there? And you're going to find that if you don't do that, you end up with coaches that don't get people results and your retention takes a massive hit. And that's just one thing. That's the most important thing in the end is what goes on on your floor. And most aren't even checking. They're not even accountable, holding coaches accountable to results. They're not even having a conversation about how the clients they're working with are doing and are they making progress or not. There's lots can of KPIs. Can you not? You know, right. it's tough. There's a lot of KPIs that are out there that you, that you can track as a gym owner and that you should be tracking. But when it comes to sales, if you want to be able to increase sales and you want to be able to increase um, revenue and profitability and everything, there's one KPI that matters. And it's if you if you wanted to, to boil it all down and simplify the number, like if you could say, Tyler, we can only have one KPI that we focus on. Nothing else. We cannot focus on anything else. What is it going to be? And it's going to be how many conversations did you have today? Because yeah. if you have a coach or a gym owner or staff members that are actively engaging and having conversations with your clients and with your members, not fucking about the weather, but about what you know to be important, which is the different products that you have, the different services that you have, how to be like, they are maintaining that professionalism. You are having the necessary conversations that will lead to sales, that will lead to accountability, that will lead to opportunity. When you really think about it, if you come at this thing and you're a total schmuck and you try and oversell a position, oversell something, you're now playing the game of like, oh, what, what was my like sales process like, or what was the system like, or or what were my objection strategies that I had compared to how many times as you as a gym owner, and even for us, from our perspective, when we're talking and we have the opportunity to have make a sale, I can't tell you how many times I was just having a conversation with someone who was my ideal client. Right. But it wasn't a hard sell. I wasn't doing anything. I was merely having a conversation and it turned into, Hey, can I please give you money? Yeah. And it's like, uh, yes, absolutely. You can. And that is how the power of having a conversation can then lead to you increasing that revenue, increase, increasing that profitability. And by, by folding your staff in on what your business's actual goals are, let's say you got a quarterly goal, a revenue goal, and you've broke it down. We're like, all right, we want to increase our supplement sales by a couple thousand dollars a month for sure. We, you know, you've been lagging behind, whatever that is, right? We want to sell some more personal training and our morning classes are taking a dive, right? Or whatever that is. Your coaches need to be hip that that's the focus for this month. Mm-hmm. They got to know like, hey, I really, we need to get this up. We got to get this up. It doesn't mean you got to be pushy about it, but be having conversations with people, right? S same thing, struggling to sell nutrition coaching. Well, Christ, how many times are you talking to people via, you're, you're doing it as a business via your email and your social media and your advertising, but the actual people on the ground who have the relationships with your clients, are they doing anything about it? They're the ones that they're the people are talking to about these things. Oh, I, I saw that on Instagram or, or what is this about? Like, can they, they don't need to be slick and they don't need to be like hardcore closers. Like you said, all the fucking, all that sales, there's nothing worse than like a true sales consultant. That's just whatever you sell software. I guess you can be 
pushy and short-sighted. But if you need people to truly be invested personally in the process, you, you both need to truly come to like an agreement on how things are going to go forward. Because I can buy software and I can fucking ignore it two days later. Right. If I'm buying the next 12 weeks of my fitness journey, whatever that's going to be, nutrition, working out, all this stuff, like I can't just ignore that two days later. Like it's a, it's a real commitment. It is different. Don't let people tell you that those things are completely the same, but in doing so selling supplements is more about, is it available? Are you reminding people? That's it. And maybe you do a little bit of push, you know, used to, we used to do this in other businesses. We're like trying to sell like maintenance contracts, right? Of course, we're trying to sell as many as we can every month, always, no matter what, right? Every day, the goal would be to sell as many of those as possible. But that's not really how we do it within the business, right? But within the business, we may spend a month where we may give you a double bonus for selling them during this month. So just to make sure that that's the attention we're trying to put on this thing. Or everybody gets, we would do stuff this like everybody gets a hundred bucks if the business crosses over this right. mark, right? This month, if we can sell a hundred of these this month, each one of you guys will get an extra hundred bucks or whatever the deal is. Right. And, and in doing things like that, they're just an, an extra focus on like the thing you're focused on. You need to bring them in and bring that to their attention as well, because then every week we need to go, okay, how do we do on this ditch that we're trying to dig this month? How far did we get here this week from, we got four weeks to go. How did we get, we fell short. What can we do about it? Get some feedback back. Oh, it didn't, it didn't go this well this way, or I'm not comfortable with this. You'll find where they're ill-equipped one, so you can actually start to level up their skills. So you don't just have fucking do nothing gym rats hanging around your gym, just putting out a vibe or being too cool or pretentious or whatever. Like just generally being the, the worst goddamn person you could fucking hire. And I know a lot of them, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, if they're not held accountable to those things and you have to ask yourself, what in the fuck are they doing for me? Very often it's nothing. It, and it's the frog in boiling water when it comes to some of your staff and some of your coaches to where they probably didn't start that way with you. They probably were with you from the very beginning. I can't tell you how many times you and I become, <laughs> see, we're not in the boiling water. So when we get exposed to it, it burns us, we get mad, and then we want to tell the gym owner, how much they should just fire everybody that they have on staff. Yeah. And because we're coming from that outside perspective, but I cannot tell you how many times we have experienced this directly where it's, it is the coach or the trainer or now an admin, a manager, whatever this staff person is who we want you to fire. And we wanted you to fire them six months ago. We get exposed to them. And the problem is they probably were with that gym owner. And this is what happens is that they're with them from the beginning yep. and everyone's hustling and there's lots of bro time. And maybe you're not even married yet. You haven't even gotten married. You haven't even found your wife. So this is the dude that you're spending a lot of time with. He's already your friend and now your business is fucked. So what happens is, Dude, we're in this together and we're going to scale. And as the gym becomes more successful, your buddy becomes more successful. And you Without keep doing them. And they haven't done anything. They just were in the right place at the right time. And they didn't fuck off because they just weren't motivated enough to leave to go make more money. And now you're having more success as the owner. And you are now feeding them. And they continue to do just as what they've been doing. And the problem is, is that now they've been taught Probably subconsciously. I don't want to say this dude is a total asshole and has been the whole time, but it's subconsciously you have now just proven to him that it's, oh, I can make more money by doing the same or less than what I was yep. doing before. And it continues for years. And then you I have it. never met a coach who went, you know what I want to do? I want to make sure that I got a report to my gym owner at the end of each week, like how my clients are doing or weight loss clients, how much weight have they lost? How much, like, like, I don't want to be accountable to that. Coaches are not going to volunteer that, but that's your fucking business. Like your business's results for them and you're not even tracking it. And the people who are supposed to deliver it, you're just not thinking of, this is the thing we talked, we had an episode way back a while back, like stop hiding from the fucking scoreboard. Right. You know, that is, and that's what you're doing, not just in on that thing, but with every other piece in your business is if, is, is if you are not holding your coaches accountable to metrics and expectations, 
every week and, and correcting it. You are playing the game as a fucking first grader where they're like, no, nah, everybody wins. It's cool. And it's like, oh, fuck it. yeah, I'm sure all these kids are just as good. No, one kid had 45 points. The rest of these kids didn't do fuck all. Like you do need to understand that there is a point where the scoreboard fucking matters. And this is it. Like this is your coaches will always default to doing less. Never, ever once have they come in and gone, oh, you know what? I, I want to make sure that, like, we're making – if your coaches are coming to you going, I have an idea that's going to make us a bunch more money, make the business more money. And it's like, I think that's just a way to make you more money, which I'm all about it. But your coaches – we've talked about this before. Your coaches do not give a fuck if your business grows. They don't care. Very rarely are they actually invested in that process. They don't care. And it hurts to hear that, but they don't give a shit. So you have to make them care because it's a condition of their fucking employment. Mm-hmm. If I, there's nowhere else that you're going to go. If it's actually, you know, in a place where the merit of your labor matters, where like, if they're not making any money off of you or you, your, your progress, your performance consistently declines that you stay there and being nice and not creeping out the clients is like, that's a prerequisite. Working at a, you go to work at a gas station and they're like, don't weird the people out if you're a cashier and quit trying to fuck the people that come through the door. Okay. That's the bare minimum for coaches. And sometimes that's the max maximum that's required for them. Cause I see them not even required to get results or to worry about sales. And we haven't even talked about average ticket prices and stuff like that, being good at sales or your sales closing ratios and things like this, which does start to matter as you start to fold them into a more sales centric role as the, as the role develops, you know, as if they're going to coach more, hopefully they're selling more. If they're able to market their own services, let's talk about this a little bit, right? Yeah. Is as far as marketing your own services, do I expect them to be a social media content wizard? No, but maybe if it's from within your gym, you're as a business owner, you're probably going to be making content. That's the spotlight. This coach, this coach has personal training available. Mm-hmm. Is that person, is that coach sharing and actively sharing the content that's going to get them leads directly? Is there, if you make content for them and say, Hey, will you share this to your feed? Because, you know, hopefully your people want to coach you. And if they're not willing to do that, maybe that's a bit of a red flag. If you're like, like if your coaches need personal training clients and they're not willing to share content that you've created for them or simply reshare stuff or post on their own, about trying to get more leads because that's how they get fed. That's where the bulk of their, hopefully the bulk of their pay is coming from is one-on-one sessions or the, or the coaching, coaching hours. Then what the fuck are you doing here? Like, what is the point? If you're, if your business's goal is growth and this person does not want to help fill their plate at all, and they just need you to fill their plate for them. They've, they're already fucking very deluded about what this goal or what this role is for them we were talking about you're never going to have a coach that comes in and wants to be able to just be like, how can I make you more money boss? But how can you manipulate that outside of like, you making it the stipulations it's it, it money matters. And what you determine as important is what matters. Like how, it, it, we've talked about this before, but it's like, even from a sales perspective, from our experiences from past jobs and people that we know that had past jobs, it's it's bonus structures for salespeople have to always be evolving. Yes. And the reason is, is because salespeople get really adept and smart as to, oh, the company wants me to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to go hard in the paint to get X, Y, and Z because that's how I make more money. And as a business, if you're not careful – and you don't adjust those metrics, you're going to get super unbalanced and super fucked in one particular direction because mm-hmm. your salespeople are hungry, hungry, fucking hip, <laughs> hippos where they're going after a fucking thing. And you have to evolve it so that you can pull that ravenous pack back and then put them in another attention spot to where you are systematically moving the business in the right direction, but you're not allowing things to go completely off the rails. So it requires a lot of management and a lot of checking. Yeah. So let's get into also the 
ticket prices, average ticket prices, things like that. How can they, if you get in, if you are present, if, if you're providing them with leads and they're getting their own leads, there's the, those are numbers. Now you're able to see how many sales conversations did you have this week? Like I got you three leads that I scheduled the meetings for you. You sat and met with them. Are you actually following up with them on how those sales meetings went? Is it just a shrug? Ah, oh, they didn't want anything. Some of that should be documented, very likely, in my opinion. If you're letting multiple people sell, you're presenting lead, I do like to have some of that stuff living on a spreadsheet mm -hmm. where it goes, okay, well, I want to know this person came in. We talked about this. What's the reason they declined? Just whatever it is. If they declined, whatever. If they bought, what they buy? You know. And I think that that stuff, one, you just get into basically like a closure rate. Right? Just close at whatever percent of people come in. This is how many you close. But the real metric that matters then is the ticket price that you're closing them for. Because if you use a sales system like the stuff we build, where you're giving clients the ability to make choices and you're presenting them top down and you're connecting with them on their goals and their needs and the products that fit their needs in between, and then you drop the stuff down and you just let them choose. If they're doing that right, that ratio is pretty mathematically pretty solid. I don't, uh, I don't freak out about any one thing over another at all. There's no one high-end ticket stuff that's like you did a great job and there's no uh, base sale, cheap sale, that, that means you did a shitty job, in my opinion. But the averages start to work out. So right. you need to be checking in on this stuff. So I know like, man, you're just, if, if you get somebody who's coming, they're just selling people and say it's even new leads and everybody's just choosing, now nah, I'm just going to go back to a group or or 24 hour stuff, or they're, or they're just choosing the cheapest option possible. Maybe you need to start addressing their execution of the sales process. And then maybe it's not because they're a slacker. Maybe it's just if they haven't been trained on it. And now when you are meeting, you've checked this data, you've held them accountable, you've identified a gap in either their skill or execution. Now you can actually develop this fucking employee. Like you're in a business, not fucking the fitness business. Again, this isn't just Oh, this guy likes to go to the gym. I should give him a key and a job, which is what I see a lot. And, and if you're doing this, you have, depending on the number of staff that you have. So let's assume you have three staff that are capable of doing this in co combination with you. This now gives you as the gym owners, you no longer are the person that is now doing this process. And this is the importance of having a sales process and system that is simple enough that is step-by-step, step, that is choice-based, that essentially just allows somebody to not matter how strong of a salesperson they are, but do they have the ability to take a customer by the hand and guide them along a sales journey that leads them to the opportunity to make a choice for themselves. And if we've done all the right things on the back end, because it's what we fucking do and we work with gym owners to customize the process, is that there is no bad option to then be chosen by the client. So it's mm -hmm. all a win. But if you've now enabled and empowered your staff to be able to do that, you've now sunk a hook into them mentality-wise to where they can make more money if they have the ability to take someone through that process. And yeah. you can even throw into where there is the opportunity or potential for commission because they are closing that sale. They yeah. have the ability to close. And then they can fulfill. And then if you're following up, now you have a reason to meet. So all of a sudden, it's almost like this process of just empower, giving your people the right tools and then giving them the responsibility as just the bare minimum of what the expectation is for them to work. Then it's like it rolls. It's this cyclical process that continues to allow you to be sharp and then allows you to hold them accountable. They then make more money. Like it's just, it's, it, it's, it, the stark contrast into what we've seen before, Tyler, where we see coaches that coach primarily on the fucking floor and they coach group almost 80 to 90% of their time and they're making ungodly amounts of money. You just can't yeah. do that because then it yeah. becomes that pig. Work. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, I had a deal. What was I going to cover here, John? There was a, oh, one of the things I want to know, we talked about meeting regularly, setting expectations and all this stuff. I want to show you a way here to make this process. One, here's, here's how you do this wrong. If your coach's meetings are exclusively about like teaching exercises, right? You got new coaches. Some of them don't know things, right? Mm -hmm. So I get it. Hey, I'd rather, I prefer you because you're going to have somebody and they can teach your way of teaching the deadlift. They have their own way. 
Is there a way you need it done in the gym? Because you, you do identify that some ways or some things are right and some things are wrong. Coaching philosophy stuff needs to be, what's the word? I think culturally it needs to be managed top down a little bit. I think there's some autonomy that needs, that does need to be represented. It needs to be present so that the, the coach itself can feel empowered to become their own coach. But yeah, you got to teach them a little bit about movement and exercises and things like this, but don't turn this into fucking seminars. Yeah. Your staff meeting turning into like how to exercise seminars is the dumbest fucking thing you could possibly do as a business owner. Pay to have them go somewhere for a couple of days for training. Pay to have them do an online course. Make sure that you keep them. The, the one thing I want you to do though, right? You, sh- you can still develop them as a coach, as the way that they're, their eye for coaching and making sure that they're keeping people safe this way. One, injury data. If anyone is hurt in your gym, in a class, or while being coached, it just needs to be written down. It's not about punishment, but we need to know. We need to know what happened, how it happened, how we can avoid it. Otherwise, it can run amok. It may just be people falling over. Maybe the fucking front door is slippery when people come in. I don't know. Right. But if anyone just gets a little thing, we need to know about it. The business needs to know about it. It needs to exist somewhere where the business can know about it. The second one is as you're having these checkups about the clients, whether it is injury rate or what their results are, the coach should, if they're humble and fucking just understands they don't know everything, they should go, hey, I'm having trouble with this. I'm having trouble teaching this person how to do this. Or I'm I'm having a hard time getting over this one thing because maybe they have a back or a hip or a personal preference or they just don't like this exercise. Now you're coaching a coach about a specific problem that they actually understand that problem and you can work them through that. And that's how you get them a little bit better each week at a time, but coming in and going, okay, let's talk about hamstrings. Fuck off. You're not going to get anywhere. Like just, you need to be actively solving problems that they have mm-hmm. instead of trying to deliver some four, eight, 10 year education on your time that just isn't fucking practical and is not practical to what the people in your gym are actively trying to do right now. The pro sometimes you don't know what problems you're trying to solve. And that's a great time for general education, but you know what? I got something very specific that I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's advance my skill set by teaching me how to solve that problem. And then we can talk about the overarching principles after, but at least that now has a, an effect immediately on that coach and that client and your gym and your business. Now it's all better now, as opposed to teaching some dorky movement specific shit that just your clients don't care about your coach is going to forget about it. And fuck it. If it doesn't have an application basis for them right away, they're going to forget about that shit in two hours. Anyways, you can, you can, you can learn a foreign language for four, six fucking eight years. You can go live in a foreign country and learn how to speak it. And if you leave and never practice it again and move to some other fucking place where they don't speak that language, you will fucking forget how to speak the language. Yeah. So the idea that you somehow think because you check in once a month or once every couple of months, so you do a deep fucking dive on who the, on who the fuck knows some kinesiology based bullshit that you've nerded out on because you have yeah, whoever's, head, who's, whoever's head you've got your, fucking whoever's ass you've got your head up on the internet if it's if you're doing knees over toes stuff this week or if it's what it was a uh, uh, dj saying heels over metatarsals this week and what the next right. week, whatever the fucking fashionable squat university shit where it's a bunch of pretentious people being pretentious about generalities and what's better and what's worse how about at this point in those meetings where you're trying to educate let's educate in the context that they're actually using it in with this person and this specific problem, a problem they want to solve, a problem they've identified that they're trying to get over. That way they're coming to you with something and they're actually invested in it instead of just like, you know, today we're going to cover blah, 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 101. And then next week it's blah, 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 102. If you're trying to run that level of like coaching development stuff within your gym, you better just monetize that and sell that to hundreds of gyms at a time because it's the only way the scale of that makes sense and people are already doing that so just pay to send your coaches to that yeah and notice how how far down the list this part of the coaching development was in our list of what you should be doing with your coaches when you are meeting with them 
all the things that you should be going over, there are easily seven things that are happening every single week before we get to this part. And it doesn't mean that it's not important. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to help your coaches develop their craft and how they coach. But there is a major, major part that's being completely and totally neglected when it comes to how you, the expectations that you have of the staff you have that makes them more valuable to you as the gym owner. Because the problem is, and we've had some gym owners prove this to be beyond correct. You can fire every single person that you have that works for you. And you can hire people before the next week. We've watched it happen. I, we literally watched a coach, a gym owner, realize that there was something wrong, wait a week to go by, drive to that location, fire everyone, and then hire a complete new staff within a one-week period. And now all, <laughs> all of us, and we've talked about it before, so I don't want to rehash it, but it's like all of those headaches are gone because the problems that were systemic, the expectations were adjusted, and now he has a new staff that comes in. But that's only possible to fire every motherfucker that's in your spot if when you do move those goalposts, because maybe you're evolving, maybe you are listening to the gym owners podcast, and my God, the big bald bearded dudes know what the fuck they're talking about, and now I'm starting to make changes. If you move that goalpost and you work in a state, you can't just fire a motherfucker because it's Tuesday then you need to have a clear track record and understanding of, no, these are the expectations of their employment here. They are not upholding them and then fucking fire them. But it, it has to be part of it because there is no way to like, I don't know, good guy or massage your way out if your staff just won't do what yeah. they need to be doing. That gym you're talking about, we ran into it. It was new sales system. We needed some better expectations for professionalism because they were definitely lacking in that regard. There was a few complaints and rumbling. So it was an issue that started becoming addressed directly. It took a little bit of time to realize that they were not moving in the direction towards these new expectations. And dude just pulled the Band-Aid off right away. What happened immediately following was then there was feedback from all of the uh, bunch of other members, the people who, by the way, your coaches and clients, if they're not delivering value, they're just taking money from you. Remember that, right? Your clients, your members are giving money to you. So keep that in mind. The people who give money to the business then after these coaches were gone went, oh, thank God. Like, oh, and then it all, once they're out of the picture, then it all starts to come to light. And, and all he said was, I should have done this a very long time ago. Very, very, very long time ago. So that's it. You come in, it, you can set these expectations immediately and a coach who wants just some cush gig where he can just fucking hide out and bring all this, store all his shoes in your fucking office or whatever, like fine, right? But that guy's not going to want this job then because there's actually expectations of professionalism, work, results. Like, like it's, a, it's a job, right? If he wants to sit back and just run the deal, then he can do it himself, Right. Go open your own business then. You do whatever you want. It can be whatever you want it to be. If you're within your business, you're the one managing them. So fucking manage them. That's what it all comes down to. Just manage them. Now, for those of you that already have some staff, don't go in and fire them all right away just because I told you so because I don't know them. But I promise if I met them, I might give you some advice very quickly, right? I, got, I can sniff that out pretty fast. But I do think that you do need to start setting some expectations. Now, I do recommend I... I'm inclined to come in and go, here's how it's going to be from here on out. It's probably not the best way to go either, but you do need to start with the meetings. Hey, we got to start meeting each week. All right, that's got to happen or whatever. These meetings, you got to make these weeks, they're not optional. You got to make them, they're not optional. If you got to pay them an hourly wage for that, then do it. I don't know what to tell you. In the long run, it's fucking worth it. It just, it really, really is. You do it while they're there. Also, it probably is a little bit easier. Do as much as you can to make the meetings not painful because if people are resistant to that, the fundamental, fundamentally resistant to showing up to the meeting, uh, they're probably already time to go, right? If they don't understand that, then they got to go. If they're like, I don't want to have to come back to work for, I don't want to have to stay for another, I don't want to try to, I got to meet with you for what? We got to talk about my job once a week. I got to spend an hour talking about my job. 
so it many sucks. Signs. So, yeah. and so the, this is where all of the red flags. I'm planting mm-hmm. the seed for you right now. All of these red flags will start to become very evident as you actually start to tell these people what you expect. But just start with the meeting, and the meetings don't come in once you start having them. Don't come in and be a don't be a hellraiser. Don't come in with some hard shit. Just go, all right, so this month, here's what we want to do. I'd like to increase these sales or whatever this is. Here's what I'd like us to do. Let's check in on this. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the things we're going to do to here. Here's what, here's what we're going to do to get us there. And then I'm going to check in next week and make sure that, that these things are happening. What can I do to help you guys help us do this, right? If they want to feel heard and have some ideas, great. If their ideas suck, acknowledge them by the way, most of their ideas going to suck if they because they don't actually care about your profitability they just care about things that they think are cool and neat so they'll uh, very easily help you get sidetracked don't allow it okay but let them feel heard and then you need to go through it next week you're going to meet again they show up and it, these meetings need to be consistent even if there's times where you think you don't got a bunch to cover then what are you managing this week what are you trying to accomplish this week if your staff doesn't have a focus that they're trying to develop and grow for then what is this week for you in your business hoping week this is we're back to hoping we're hoping things get better this week mm-hmm. that's what you're going to tell your staff in that meeting i hope you guys sell more it's like no i need you to sell this much you have these time slots opening what can we do to get those time slots full should I post more on social media about it? Can I make some content? Will you share it? Right? That's now how we actually solve these problems as a team. And make sure it's a two-way street. As you are meeting with staff, there needs to be the expectations that if they're going to come to you, especially if when you do your one-on-ones, they need to come to you with action items, things that they want to be working on or they are going to be doing this week in combination where you have to have your shit together, which means you need to be a more fucking organized. So if your gym owner is kind of like, oh, well, you know, we'll figure it out or whatever. It's fucking nebulous or you're, it's, you're, it's a scatterbrain. Is take a goddamn hour, clean your goddamn desk, and then make a decision on what you're going to do, what the purpose is that your business is having. And that will then allow you to be able to hold everybody accountable. Otherwise, you're always going to be like, well, I just don't know. Things aren't working. Like, eh, yeah. I don't know. And guys, there's other things here with this. If your gym does community events, who's running it? When is it going to be, right? What are you doing for it? What's your responsibility? There are things that need to get done and, and you need to manage them like a real business. I think a lot of times we get into, I did a little bit, got into the fitness business because I it was I take the things I learned in other business and I was going to not do the things I didn't want to do about doing that business. And I was just going to do, it was all going to work because it was in this type of thing. Some of the stuff you just can't, just can't overlook. And remember, if you if if you come in, you start setting these expectations, and they don't do anything from week one to week two, and you do, then you you say, what do I need to do to equip you to be successful for this next week? And you help them. You meet in the middle, and they still underperform, or even worse, underperforming is one thing. Resistance is out, guys. Yep. Then you fire them. You fire them right the fuck now. You figure it out. You strap your boots on. You get back in, and you cover. Whatever it is that they're doing, and it is what it is, but this is your business, not theirs. If they got a girlfriend 30 miles away, they'd quit your fucking job. They'd quit this fucking job anyways. It's very important to know this, right? They'll leave you with two weeks notice tops. Guys, if they're not doing it for you, they're costing you a lot more by letting them stick around. Yeah, I promise. You get somebody new in and these expectations are set in the beginning, your business is fucking, it's awesome. It really is really, really awesome. If you have meetings with your coaches about, Let's just say yearly goals. We used to do this. We helped the gym with this a lot. Every single coach, you know what they said they wanted to do? They didn't want to do more things. They wanted, it was always one or two things. The one that was consistent was, I want more money for sure. I want to make more money next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you want to do for that? And it's like, and some of them will have some fucking, it was basically nothing. It was, oh, well, I'll charge more for my thing. Or they would have some specialty program project that they actually didn't give any thought to. It's all about them and not about the members. And so I want to do this new program. I'll, I'll do a program like this just because it's a cash grab for them. They think, yeah, well, I'll make like five grand. And I'll just do, yeah, we'll just sell this specialty. Miraculously, you're going to sell this thing. And it's not about clients, client need. He has, it's not based on any data out there that people want this. It's just like, I have an idea. It's like, well, I can respectfully decline a lot of fucking gym rat ideas. 
a lot for what they have for my business, hands down. So, so just know that if given, if left to their devices, they want more money and just like their pet projects to be wildly successful for no fucking reason and without giving it any thought or effort. Just, so just know that that is the default. John, that, by the way, that was to a man, every single coach that was gone through mm-hmm. and given their yearly goals, more money or more money and my pet project. I want you to build it, sell it, market it and execute it and pay me for it. It's like, fuck you, dude. What the fuck? So you, these people are fucking delusional and entitled. And I cannot, and the key to your success as a gym owner, to be able to triple the revenue for every single person that steps foot in your gym, whether they're new or whether they're existing, the key to be able to double the profits that you're making currently right now, unless you're making over 30% and then God bless you, you're right where you need to be. But if you're not making 30% profit as a business to double that, right? The keys to that is by adding nothing fucking new. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to add more shit to be able to try and make more money. If you can't sell at that level, what you already have, do you think adding more variables and more fucking services and more products is somehow the goddamn answer? It's not. And All that's what you just described. Variables, mm-hmm. service, products, all that stuff. You have to now manage and execute and monitor their sales, their success, the outcomes for the clients, the execution of the process going on. You can't manage and fucking turn up the volume on a single fucking thing that you're already doing with the staff you already fucking have. Mm-hmm. And you want to just, let's just chase new shit. Great. Great. It's, 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 it's the dumb, it's, it's lottery mentality. Mm-hmm. And I see so many gym owners, they get this, they think you're going to launch an online course or you're going to launch a new program, a new program. And it's never, it's never the game changer for your business that you fucking wish it was. It's not unless it's able to be done consistently forever and grown and developed and become a permanent part in your business. I'm all about some one-offs in the times, right? But you cannot just start doing this stuff just like right now. Like I'm just going to turn this on and make 10 G's and then I'll figure it all out as we go. It's like, well, what a wasted opportunity because you could have made 10 G's every fucking month if you used your fucking brain and the time was right and and you had all this other stuff in place. Here's... Because I see this happen. There's reasons why it happens this way. But here's another way to be able to reframe this and look at this so that you can fully appreciate where you're at. If you fall yourself uh, becoming prey to this idea where I need to get more in or I want to do something new. It's the equivalent of a family that just keeps having children. And you're not any good at raising those children. But somehow you think that you will somehow get better at raising said children by having more. Yeah. So you just yeah, keep like having more babies. One human life, one absolute <laughs> abomination after another. And just yeah. continue. And, and yeah. you know these people. You see these people that are out there where you're like, holy fuck, how are they continuing to have more kids? It's a goddamn disaster. Like they cannot. And so that's the every piece of your gym is a baby that you need to be caring for every product every service is what you need to be tending for and caring as it grows and is able to do more for you and be able to live on its own and be successful and if you can't fucking you do that it's not like adding more nobody was like hey having a one kid is hard i should have like five this is a good idea and that's what you're choosing to do yeah. Yeah. You, so, some of you fools keep launching new programs and bringing on new staff and doing new distracted stuff. Y'all like Casey Anthony having five more kids or something since the first one, like not be the best move. So and get good before you scale up, get good before he, you get bigger, get good, get good, get good at managing things. You need good staff. You, by the way, you need a good team. I shit on the a lot of it. Cause it's just like, I bet who you got sucks. Not all of them, but I bet if you start looking, I bet, I just bet, man, I don't know what to tell you. There's so many bad personal trainers and there's so many bad coaches out in the world. And I think it's hilarious that every single time I talk, I can walk into a gym and see dog shit exercises, terrible coaching. Like I, I, you see it 
And that's just in the coaching, the coaching, the client issue, right? There's very little to do with how they are with the business, but you know how they're going to do with the business if that's how they manage just coaching a human being, right? So I can see that and identify that immediately, almost everywhere I go. I can go, um, some maybes, but I can definitely go bad, bad, what the fuck, bad, 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 right? And so I think it is really insane that every time I talk to a gym owner, they got just aces, <laughs> like what the fuck everybody thinks they're and, and bless her heart there's a guy I work with directly every single time he gets a, a, a an inquiry a, a, a new per- person wants to come in and train or do some coaching out of there every time his gut tells him it's really good every time and it's like i just i i, I don't work for it so it's like i'm not gonna break your heart I'll, I'll help you set the expectations but i'm not listen if it was up to me no 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 and no and no and no and so you got you do have to make your own decisions, but again, make them based on data and don't mm-hmm. just because you like the person before you like the person for a long time, don't just let that cloud the whole thing. So I do think that you can, you can decide what metrics you're hiring this person to advance, right? I need these metrics to advance. I need more of this anymore. Why are you hiring them? So they can hang out. Seems great for right. them, not for you. So what purpose do they serve in your business that translates to profit? to money, to a problem being solved. Then next week, we're going to see how you did on those. And then what do we need to do to help you? And then the next week, and then the next week. And that's how it's done. And you, But you do have to do that very consistently. It has to be consistent. It has to be across the board. I have seen implementation of this fall flat on its face because the gym owner gets bored, doesn't like yeah. doing meetings. Yeah. There, is, there is the only businesses across the board that, that grow and have, are successful are the types that end up getting to the point where they have more meetings than you think you should. It is because you have, I'm all about because you have, but you have a fucking plan. Exactly. I hate having a meeting to talk about what we talked about last meeting and then spending the second half of the meeting talking about what we got to talk about next meeting. I hate that. There's a big get to that point. I'm, I'm out the whole thing, right? I'm out, mm-hmm. but there is a point. Businesses that tend to meet the most, as long as those businesses are efficient, they are much more successfully much more successful than the businesses that don't. So if you're not having staff meetings, I'm betting 100% your staff is ripping you off. Not actively, but it's costing you way more than you're getting in return. Know that. Also identify, go through what's the worst case scenario if I fire this guy? What's likely and what's the worst? The worst ain't that bad. Not a lot of people actually leave either with a coach. It's not unless you're going to open a fucking business. So, And I'm guessing if they were go-getters, they'd already been there or they'd be better for you. So keep that in mind, guys. Go home. I guess your homework is to go fire all your coaches and staff and tell them I said so. (laughs) (laughs) It always does turn into that, doesn't it? Shit, I'm sorry, guys. I expect them to be better. The ones that are better are going to be great for you. And the ones that aren't, they they were never good for you. So let's rock and roll. That's all we got for today. Go to follow the, follow on Instagram the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. Follow me at Tyler F and Stone. Follow John at J Banks FL. Go to thegymownersrevolution.com. Gear Academy. By the time you're hearing this, you'll be close to being able to get in in June if you want. Close. Mm-hmm. You can get on the list. Um, but we're filling up month to month. It's full very, very, very quickly. So uh, we want to make sure that we can help everybody kick ass. And so there's limited availability. If you want in on this program, you want to flex your business big time this summer, you want to be making things work, go in there, get on that waiting list, and we'll make sure we can get you in as soon as possible. Yeah, and if you want to be able to have us take a look at your Instagram account, right? As a gym owner, you don't know what's going on or you feel like you're trying, but nothing seems to be sticking, is that hit us up. It's that this is something we, we, we are doing multiple times a month. It's borderline one-on-one, one-on-one work with Tyler and I, where we'll take a look, diagnose what we're seeing on your Instagram account, what your overall strategy is looking like, and then some simple and easy things that you can tweak and start taking action on immediately after we're done with the call that you can run with. And that we just want to be able to see you be successful. We have, and it will end up with you getting more leads and higher quality leads. And you'll be able to start having your Instagram account stop being such a pain in the ass or something that you have to do and something that now is actually working for you while you're not actively there. Those, this is, this is the most value you will ever catch me giving away for free. So, what we do on those calls in direct. I, if y'all in any other format ask me to hop on a call with you, the answer is fucking no. 
It's no, I don't want to top on a call with you. I don't, I really don't. But for these ones, it's a pocket. Well, John and I are right in the pocket. We've now, we're like 550 plus uh, Instagram accounts we've gone through. And so John and I are pretty sharp with these. We're able to make them really concise. We're really happy to help you guys with this specific part of this project. And we're doing this for free. Know that, right? So um, this is, it's, it's, it's just a good spot pocket for us to settle in and start to deliver some value in a way that I think is, um, it's the best low hanging fruit for some of these gyms that you're, you're new, you're starting, or you're just a little bit stuck on your social media. This is one of those things. It's John and I have become so proficient at this single piece that we're very happy to help. And this one is pretty easy for us. Okay. So please get on this. This will not be fucking free for very long. Dude. Literally because of the, every time I get feedback after the fact, and it's like, how much would you have paid for this? Had you known what you were going to learn? They would, the, the, that number keeps going up. Okay. So just know that like, get this while it's free, because we, if we do ever do this paid, it's going to be fucking, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely wish you got it for free. Trust me. So um, it helps us keep our eyes sharp, help, helps us instead of just creeping on Instagram accounts going, this sucks, this sucks, here's what they should do. I didn't like the fact that we went through 500 accounts and didn't help those people. Right. So that's where this came from, right? 500 yeah. accounts, I know exactly what I want and what I don't want done on those. And I went, shit, and that's where this came from. It's yeah. like, okay, now let's just do it for people that actually want the help that'll do it instead of us just sharpening our teeth and and talking shit so it makes us be it makes me feel constructive instead of just being a hater which is a little 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 exercise in growth for me so thanks a lot guys <laughs> we'll see y'all next week <laughs>